to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all of the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you walk away from this episode with not only a better idea of what motivates you, but also a deeper awareness of how you can tap into your motivation to pursue whatever goals you feel are most important to you. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and subscribe to the show. We release a new episode first thing every Thursday morning. And if you'll subscribe, you'll always have our new episodes in your feed whenever you wake up Thursday morning. If you find the content helpful, it would mean so much to me if you would share the show with friends or family or anyone else you think might benefit from listening in on these conversations that we're having here. We believe that motivation is something that we all have, and we just need a deeper awareness and understanding of how to tap into that motivation. And so that's the goal of this show. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me talk recently about the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I recently read this book for the first time, and when I was done, I found myself wondering why I didn't read it several years before when I first heard about it. I was lucky enough to stumble upon someone who is trained in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and actually coaches others on implementing these seven habits, and he is my podcast guest today. Ron Reich has been a leadership coach for over 20 years. He regularly travels and consults with other people in leadership and helps them to apply the seven habits. And in this conversation, we dig deep into some of his favorites among the seven habits and how he has applied them to his own life. So I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. And without any further ado, we will get started. Here is my conversation with Ron Reich. Ron, it's so good to have you on the show today, and I enjoyed our conversation ahead of time before we started recording because we were talking about the seven habits of highly effective people, which is something that you've got a lot of experience in, and I'll be honest with you, I just now read the seven habits of highly effective people about a month ago for the first time, and by the end of it, I found myself thinking, like, what took me so long? You know, I should have read this book way earlier than I did. Yeah, it's uh, the the seven habits, Brady. For me, it's it, it, like we were talking before the show. I I I believe in it. I believe in it. The content itself. I believe in all of the habits so strongly for so many different reasons. I mean, it's it's applicable. It's useful in in people's professional lives, in personal lives, and there's crossover there. Which, which for me, it just doesn't get better than that. So, I mean, I, I am just passionate about the seven habits. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I love even what you're saying there. It's not just useful for how you show up at work or how you show up at home, but it really affects the entire person. And so I'm curious from your experience and expertise, and I know it's going to be hard to boil down the seven habits into just one or two things, but what are your favorite one or two applications or takeaways from the seven habits? I think I, I think one of the one of the biggest things for me, and again, I mean, I, I believe in all of them. For for myself personally, and also with client the clients with whom I've worked over the years, habit habit three seems to be really really big and put first things first, and helping people to learn and understand how to use their time 
most effectively. And that's where, again, there is so much crossover between personal lives and professional lives. You know, because I've had clients say to me, I'm, I'm working with someone right now where uh, she's an attorney. And, you know, she has said to me, I'm, I'm just working these insane hours at the firm and I don't know how to get balance in my life. And I was like, this is where the, this is where, Lillian, you need to set your boundaries. You need to schedule your big rocks and, and just all those sorts of things so that you can have balance between your personal life and your professional life. Because if they're imbalanced, both are going to suffer. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting thought. And I love that habit as well. You know, for me, where my mind goes, there's several people who have written on like different life domains and their order of importance. And so I was first exposed to this from Michael Hyatt. He's an author who talks about productivity and he introduces the 10 life domains. And that was so applicable for me because I would think about what was most often the source of my stress. So for example, if I'm stressed out by things going on in my work life and I look at work as it, you know, falls under my different life domains. And I would realize like, you know, these 10 domains are all important, but work is like sixth or seventh on the list of 10. And I'm spending way more time thinking about work than I am thinking about like my faith, which is number one or my family, which is number two. And so that was a situation for me where I initially felt out of balance, but then even thinking about you know, to relate it back to this idea of putting first things first kind of places things in perspective for me. I want to probe for just a second about this idea of balance, because I talk with people and I hear a lot of different perspectives on what it means to have balance in life. What are your thoughts on that? For, for me, Brady, bal- balance is being able to do and being able to enjoy the things in my life that are most important to me. And I'm going to say that again from both a personal and professional perspective. Because, you know, I, I love what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm good at it. And I say that proudly, not boastfully. And I hope that's how it comes across. I'm passionate about the work I do. And yet I also want to make sure that I'm not overdoing it uh, because I'm also deeply devoted to my wife. I'm deeply devoted to our life together and making sure that we're doing the things that we want to be able to do. So, I mean, for me, that that's really what it is, is just being happy in all aspects of my life. Hmm. Yeah, I love that perspective. So it's not just about doing things. It's not just about checking boxes, but it's about enjoying things in life and experiencing that joy to its full potential. Well, yeah. And I mean, I'll tell you, I I can give you an example, actually, uh, when, when I was really out of balance and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't applying the seven habits, very frankly. Uh, I, I shared with you before the show that, you know, I'm a huge New York giant fan. I've been a season ticket holder for many, many years. And it was eight years ago because my mother-in-law has been gone for eight years. We were, I, I came home from a game. We had lost. We were having a bad season. So, I mean, I'm not in a very good mood. 
I got home and my wife, who tends to be very even keeled and, and really not moody at all, was just in a foul mood, just a foul mood. I was like, okay, yeah, she's entitled, whatever. The next morning, I was leaving for Houston to go visit with a client. And I said, I said to her, I was like, Lori, I'm ready to leave. You know, I'm going to the airport. Bye. See ya. And I was like, okay, clearly something's on your mind. What's going on here? You go to those football games. You're constantly traveling. You're constantly with your clients. I feel like I'm a second fiddle here. You and I are in trouble. And I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. And, and again, I, you know, I denied to no one, Brady. I did not handle this well because what I said to her was, all right, my, my mother-in-law had died about two months earlier. And I was very close with her. We lived with her our entire marriage and so forth. And I said to my wife, I was like, I know what's going on here. I know you're, you miss your mom. I miss your mom too. I am not traveling any more than I have been in the past. And, you know, it's just a matter of, well, just, we need to deal with this. It'll be okay. So I get on the aircraft to get out to Houston. And the first thing I did was check my schedule. And I'm looking at it and I was like, oops, I forgot that I went to Washington, D.C. that week. And I was like, whoops, I forgot. I went to the, I went to Detroit for the Giants opening game Monday night because I could be with my nephew who was in medical school in the area at the time. And there were a bunch of other things. And I was like, man, I had been traveling more than I thought. So let me ask you, I get out to Houston. What do you think the first thing I did was? You call your wife? Absolutely. And what did I do? Did you apologize? Immediately. <laughs> Immediately. And, I, and, and, and again, I was sincere. I was like, Gloria, listen, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I had been traveling more than I thought. Let's do this, okay? How, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days. If you will please think about how can we, how can we rectify this, I'm going to think about it. Let's talk about it when we get home. Okay, I got home and we did talk about it. And what we came up with to me, we're still using it to this day, and it is working, is Lori, anytime I get a, I get I get a uh, an assignment for, for out of town before I accept it, how about if you and I together look at the master calendar and we will mutually decide if it's acceptable for me to travel or not. Will that work? And she said, I think it will. And we've been doing that ever since, and it is working. There have been a number of times over the years where she has said to me, Ron, are you sure you're okay traveling these two weeks in a row? You know, you're gonna get home late Friday and then you're leaving again, you know, whatever it might be. There have been times when I have said to her, Lori, I'm not comfortable taking this assignment. I'm going to be gone, and I don't want to be away from you that long. And I mean, if the whole point is very, very simply, what I said to you earlier, Brady, I want to be able to, I want to enjoy my entire life, not just my work life, and it's, it's not, you know, just my marriage. I want to enjoy both of them fully. And in order to do that, both of us need to participate. And I mean, 
all of the habits start coming into this. All of the habits. Be proactive because it's about our choices. Habit two, uh, begin with the end in mind and the mission statement. Who am I? What am I? And what's important to me? Habit three, again, using your time effectively, Stephen talks about scheduling the big rocks. And then we move into habit four, think win-win. When we are both making that decision mutually, we both win because we're both deciding. And then habit five, be, uh, seek first to understand, then to be understood. We're listening to each other, which is what that is all about. It sounds like you're concerned that I'm going to be gone for a while, Laurie. And again, whatever it might be, habit six, synergizing creative cooperation where we are talking about this. It's not my decision. It's not her decision. It's our decision. And then habit seven, uh, sharpen the saw allows us, you know, the way where we've constructed the, our, our uh, guideline, if you will, of how we're handling the traveling allows us to spend as much time together as we really need to when we want to. I love that. Well, and I love, sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. I love that you shared that story. And I appreciate especially your perspective of, you know, I think it's very easy for people like us to get on podcasts or work with clients or write and make it sound as though we're the expert on everything. And we have, you know, different experiences and insight that are valuable. And you shared some of that as well. But I think that it's so powerful to acknowledge, hey, I learned how to implement this habit or I learned this best practice through my own failure and through my own mistakes. But it's also cool to look back on those things and see, yeah, I made this mistake, but I owned up to it and look at all of the good, look at all of the healing that's happened because of that. That's right. That's a, that's exactly right. And I mean, it's, it really is such a, it's such a joy to be able to, to, to be able to look at the calendar together and just, and, and really talk about it, you know, not like I want to go, or I don't want you to go or, you know, whatever, but it's like, no, 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 let's figure it out together. What's best for us. And, you know, there, there have been a couple times too, where she's come with me on some of these trips, which has worked out well. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we continue the conversation, I want to take a short break to tell you about my midweek momentum newsletter. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. You're looking forward to what lies ahead. And then the week starts and maybe something comes up that you weren't expecting, or maybe you just get tired from all of the demands that your week places on you. If this is something that you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com and sign up for my midweek momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, you'll receive a short email from me, often based on the podcast guest from the week before, and you'll hear a short quote or thought or inspiration that empowers you to finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll get a free instant preview of the introduction and first chapter of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. I'm not going to spam you. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't like the content, but I think that you're going to find both the information and the newsletter and also the timing of it very helpful. So 
I would encourage you to go and sign up. Again, you can find all of that information on my website at bradyross.com, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Let's get back to my conversation with Ron. Yeah, well, that moment, so eight years ago, it sounds like that was a, a pretty big moment, you know, not just for your marriage, but for your life as well. What were some of the other ways that that conversation and that reconciliation impacted just the way you carry yourself? Well, I mean, I think it's it, it, it helps me to be able to say no to clients pretty easily, you know, where in the past, I you know, I felt guilty as I oh, gee, I'm really sorry. I'm going to need to turn this down. It's like, no, I'm going to be turning this down. I've got other priorities. And I'm much more comfortable in my own skin making that decision. And it's, it's, all, it's also helped me to be able to have the more challenging conversations with, with either my wife or, or even clients in that it's like, Lori, I do want to go on this trip. This is important to me. And, and just being able to figure these things out collectively, calmly, and, you know, without, you know, getting into an, an argument or, a, well, I'll leave it at that. It's just not getting into a shouting match or an argument. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's good. One of the things that comes to my mind as I hear you talk, so this podcast is largely about motivation. And one of the things that I've learned about motivation is that making decisions can be challenging when there are competing motivations in play. And so for you, it sounds like you have to wrestle with that competing motivation of, you know, wanting to do things, wanting to take on these business opportunities, and then also wanting to be fully present with your wife, enjoy that time together and have that balance that we talked about earlier. So I guess I'm curious, how did that greater awareness of those competing motivations enable you to make these decisions with greater confidence? Well, again, it, it, it is simply because we, I, I know what my big rocks are. And, and, you know, the big rocks coming from, again, habit three, uh, uh, putting first things first and scheduling the things on the calendar that are important to us moving forward. And, and again, what I mean by that simply too, Brady, Lori and I, pre-pandemic, love to travel. I mean, we still do. I mean, we haven't done much of it for a few years now for because of the pandemic and some other stuff. Point is simply though, the big rocks for me, the most important things on our lives are on the calendar. So we can look at it and say, you know what? If I go on that trip, I'm gonna be coming home Thursday night and we're leaving for Italy Saturday. And again, I'm just taking this out of the air. Does mm -hmm. that really make sense? So again, it, it allows me to make better decisions for everybody and it, it, it just, it, it reduces the stress because everything, everything is visible on that calendar. I know what's coming up and it allows me to, to, to say yes confidently or to say no confidently as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that you know this, but I'll say this for the listener's benefit. That requires a lot of intentionality. You're not going to accidentally stumble upon your most important priorities or your big rocks to use the language that you're using. You've got to 
be really intentional about sitting down, figuring out what those are, involving the other key people in your life to identify or clarify those things. And then, yeah, once you have that down, you're able to make decisions that are not reactionary, just depending on whatever you feel in the moment, but based on what those main priorities are. Well, and you know, if, uh, that, that's that's exactly right. And you know, uh, uh, I guess it was about three and a half years ago now, maybe something like that. We wanted to go on a trip. We wanted to go to Africa. It was, you know, really exciting for us. My mom was alive at the time, and she was. I guess she was probably ninety-seven. I think, maybe ninety-six. Something like that. You know, certainly much much older. And she was a very big rock in my life. And I'm not going to just go to her and say, Mom, Lori and I are going to Africa for two and a half weeks. This is when we'll be gone. You know, we'll, we'll stay in touch by. That's not, and for me, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. I sat down with my mom and just talked to her. And I was like, Mom, Lori and I are thinking about going to Africa These are the dates when we would be going. How comfortable are you if we are that far away for that period of time? And I, you know, my my sister is in the area and she had a a very good support system, my mom. And and I still remember what she said to me. She just smiled. She goes, I'm perfectly okay if you go. She goes, I just need you to do one thing. And I was like, what's that, mom? And she just smiled at me. She goes, take lots of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, Brady, my point is, though, <clears throat> the big rocks, you need it. There needs to be the intentionality, you know, exactly what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'll ask you one more question and then we'll wrap up. So you and I are both coaches. As coaches, we love questions. And so if I were one of your clients and I said, you know, Ron, I understand that rocks are important, but I just don't know how to figure out what my rocks are. What are two or three questions that you would ask me? Who are who are the most important people in your life? What what role do you play within their lives? And this, as I go through this, this is an act. This is an activity within the Seven Habits course. I want you to assume it is your 80th birthday, okay? And all of these important people in your life are coming to your 80th birthday party, and they are going to talk to you. What would you like them to say to you? Okay. And then the key point in order for them to say those things that you would like them to, what do you need to start doing right now? What do you need to do for the next three years, five years, whatever it might be, so that that indeed becomes a reality? That's awesome. I especially love that second question. You know, the first question was who are the most important people? in your life. And that's kind of a question that I expected there. You know, that one makes sense. The second one, what role do you play in their lives just makes me focus on, you know, I think a lot of us have this idea that we want to have a big impact on a lot of people and there's nothing wrong with that, but there are for most, if not all of us, three or four people who we play an essential role for, and no one else can serve in that role. Like I think about 
my wife, I think about my two kids, like nobody else can do for them what I am uniquely positioned to do as a husband and as a father. And so I've got to take those roles seriously. And I do, you know, I like to think I do, but that's just a good reminder. Like, Hey, these are my most important roles. How am I showing up? How am I stepping in for those jobs? That's awesome. Ron, this was fantastic. Thanks so much for your wisdom and for your insight. Where can people connect with you? Brady, uh, probably the easiest way to do it. There, there are two ways. People can uh, get to my LinkedIn page. Just very, very simply, it's Ron, you know, Ron Reich, R-E-I-C-H, and I am uh, RLB, Training and Development. And also on Instagram, uh, my Instagram handle is uh, RLB underscore leadership. And you can connect there, and I would certainly welcome the opportunity to uh, talk with anybody or, uh, yeah, just correspond with anybody. I love doing that. And the one thing I would definitely want any listeners to know is that we would have a conversation. Yeah, it's not going to be, oh, you want to work with me? Or, you know, what can I do for you? And do you want to hire me? It's not going to be like that at all. We would have a conversation. And if it leads to anything wonderful, and if it doesn't, that's certainly okay, too. And as I hear you say that, I see not just a person who wants to expand his business, but a person who wants to help people and provide value. And that's the sense that I've gotten through this whole conversation, but it's just reinforced with what you shared at the end. So Ron, thanks for sharing this time with us. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Well, there is so much value, so many wonderful insights to take away from this conversation. And the one thing that I want to leave you with is this idea that progress does not require perfection. Obviously, you heard in Ron's story how he was able to learn and grow and improve through some of the trials that he faced and some of his own shortcomings. And I feel like when that happens, there are two ways that you can respond. You can respond by saying that that's just who you are and you can avoid owning up to your mistakes or you can use your mistakes and your shortcomings as sort of an opportunity to grow and develop and improve in these areas that may have been weaknesses before, but just because they started out as a deficiency, that doesn't mean that they always have to be that way. Every mistake, every obstacle is an opportunity for you to not only overcome the challenges that you face, but also to grow and develop in your own skills and abilities along the way. And so I hope that's how we will view the trials that we face in our lives, not as inconveniences, but as opportunities to grow and develop and propel ourselves into the future. Thanks again for listening to the show. Again, please subscribe, rate, review, share the show with others who you think may find it helpful. We want to grow this community and help as many people with their motivation as we possibly can. Remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it.